I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. That's some fun. All right, how you doing, everyone? I'm Ross Salzberg, and welcome once again to Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com and the Giants app, the number for you people to call, 201-939-4513. That is 201-939-4513. Joining me today, as always, my good friend and colleague, Paul Dottino, Paulie Dots. Let me tell you, if you ever needed a good vibe to be going into a home opener, knowing that the crowd is going to get revved up, man, oh man, oh man, did the Giants get the fans revved up with that season opening win last weekend? You know what, for guys like you and me, and most importantly, it's for the players and the fans and the coaches and what, but just uh, such, when was the last time you could say, Covering the Giants, there was such a feel-good feeling after a win such as last week. Well, consider this. The Giants had lost five straight season openers and 10 of their last 11 until they beat Tennessee the other day. So that says everything you need to say because everybody is bottled up all offseason trying to look forward to what's going to happen in September. And for the last decade, the Giants have basically laid an egg coming out of the box. So by winning this game this past Sunday, there is so much energy and enthusiasm and built-up happiness from the fan base and from this organization. I would expect Sunday against Carolina to have one of the loudest crowds that this MetLife Stadium has seen since it opened after Giant Stadium was demolished. I I can't imagine it it not being that way. It's been such a long time coming. Such a long time coming for this group. You know you know what I mean? Not just this group, this organization. I, I mean, when you think about, listen, f- after Tom left, you know, from Ben to Pat to Joe to here we are, and, you know, there, there's every time there was a poor start. Listen, I said last week when you and I were sitting here talking, 
I just wanted this team to get off to a decent start. A decent start, it stops the narrative. It stops the naysayers. It stops all the negative talk. You know, it's it stops that glass being half empty as opposed to uh, being half full. It, it it that's what that kind of game did for everybody. It, it was just such a good. Again, it's and to Dave's credit, to Brian Dable's credit, right after the game, listen, it's a win. It's a good win. Uh, he's tempering, you know, his emotions, feelings, and what. Uh, we spoke to him today. Uh, just got back from his press conference. Everything was under control. But he did talk about how exciting it is to be playing in front of the home crowd this week, especially knowing that they're going to be revved up. You know what I liked that that he brought up, uh, Russ, when he was asked about the Sunday's environment? He brought up what it feels like to come into the stadium on game day. Yeah. And what it's like to pass by those fans in the parking lot. And he said, you know, you can really get a vibe for what the fans are feeling and what they're expecting when you come into the stadium hours before the game because that kind of gives you a sense of what what the day could possibly be like. And he is really looking forward to driving into the stadium on Sunday morning, hopefully getting an earful of positive vibe from the Giants fans who are ready for this opener against the Panthers. Well, let's think about that. You said hopefully getting an earful, a positive earful. Let's think about what's gone on for the past five years well, in terms of a negative earful. Like, like look, one of the reasons... When you think about it, remember when when John Mara said goodbye to Ben McAdoo and Jerry Reese? What was it, with four games left? I'm, I'm trying right, to remember. Right, with a, three, I believe Yeah, initially he said he wasn't going to do it, and, and then he did it. Part of it was he didn't want – he knew he was going to make a change at the end of the season. He didn't want Ben having to walk through the parking lots on a Sundays knowing what was going to be. You know, it, it's – so – the whole, as I said, I did my a podcast this week. The, I, I didn't even wait till Monday. I did it immediately after the game that it was a completely, as far as I was concerned, culture-changing win for the organization. And you can sense it when you walk into this building now. Everything, the atmosphere has changed. And, and believe me, obviously the win had something to do with it. But when I heard him say, you know, when you're on TV, when you hear him say, they're going to go for two. I gave like a scream. My wife came in. She says, did they win? I says, no, they're going to go for two. She goes, you mean they didn't score yet? No, but they're going for two. I just. <laughs> now get out of the room. You, you, Leave me alone. Showing the cojones. <laughs> like, let's do this. I mean, I that's. You got to have the courage to make moves like that. That's why you hired the guy to make well, moves like that. He's a New Yorker. I know he's Western New York, but he's still a New Yorker. He embraces the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, metropolitan area attitude about being tough, being aggressive, having confidence, having determination and grit. That's what this guy's all about. He's an every man from the Northeast. And I think what you saw in the locker room after the game, the way he danced and celebrated with his players, that's who this guy is. He doesn't have a, a bubble or a shell around him. He's an everyman guy. Yeah, he really is. It's it's easy to like him, and it's easy to root for him. No, it, it's... You know what struck me? After they scored, 
And you looked at two guys in particular. You looked at Saquon Barkley and you looked at uh, Sterling Shepard hugging the coach. And they were all fired up and revved up. Uh, you know, and, and I, I remembered something that, first of all, those two guys, you know, Saquon, what's he's gone through, and Sterling, you know, very rough and taking a pay cut because he wanted to stay and remain a giant. But I remember something Parcells once told me we were sitting having lunch, and I was, was talking about contracts or this and that, and he said to me, let me tell you something. Sims and Taylor would compete in a parking lot. And you know That's what? Right. I never really understood until I saw those guys, and we once played golf together, and just on a putting green, practicing <laughs> how serious they were. But you know what? I thought of Saquon and, and um, Sterling. They would compete in a parking lot. That was the enthusiasm. At that particular moment, it wasn't about Do-Re-Mi. It wasn't about Scott Ole. It wasn't about Mula Agelt. It was about competing. It, it was just a tremendous feeling. But again, that's over with. Now they got to take those positive vibes into this week. And, and that's why you're going to hate me here, Russ, because we do have to go over the injury report. And the injury report does cause a little dent in the yeah, fender. Yeah, yeah. Just you're... a little bit. Uh, there will be uh, no practice for Aaron Robinson today. Had to have his appendix out, and he's already been ruled out for the game against Carolina. Right. Which means when you look at the Giants' depth chart, you can pretty much pick any other cornerback on the roster. And Coach Dable said they will compete this week to find out by Friday who is going to start opposite Odori Jackson. I don't think I need to tell you, uh, with the weaponry that the Panthers have, uh, there's no question Baker Mayfield, if he's given time, he can throw it as far as you can run. Uh, he's also mobile. He can create plays. This this is a potential issue, clearly, for the Giants without Aaron Robinson. Also, McLeod on special teams was the special teams player of the week, as voted by the coaches right. internally. Right. He's out uh, for practice today. Don't know about his status for the game. Wandell Robinson also out uh, with a sore knee. Coach says he's much better over the last two days since the game, but he's not practicing today. Limited practice for Thibodeau and Ojolari. Limited practice for Feliciano. And a full practice for Dane Belton, the rookie safety from Iowa, who, of course, was coming off the fractured collarbone. He'll be in full today, so that gives him a, a chance, at least, of being available for Sunday. Although I suspect if they want to go with a third safety in, in a package against McCaffrey, Tony Jefferson, the former Raven, right. who they picked up a couple weeks ago and was activated off the practice squad last week, that also could play into this as they try to figure out how to stop McCaffrey. When I was making notes and you were, I guess I missed that. Belton is full practice. He's today? up today without the red jersey. That's He's very, in full. That, that is that it, good that, news. That is very very good. Remember, news. they didn't put him on season-ending IR, Russ. They waited till after the fifty-three, which meant he would only have to miss a minimum. Uh, no, they actually, you know what? They didn't IR him. They didn't IR him. So that meant that he would not have to miss the minimum of four games. So he could come back in theory. Well, l listen, uh, what also struck me last week, you know, and I I'm sure you're on the sideline watching this, what, what struck me about the game last week was I'm looking at the defense and I'm saying to myself how good this defense can be 
when they get Kayvon and Aziz back. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think what we saw was a very, very strong game plan on both sides of the ball. I'm going to say it right here because I said it on my WFAN podcast, and I'll say it today. The Giants outcoached the pants off the Titans last week. I truly believe that on both sides of the ball. I thought it was a marvelous game plan by both coordinators and excellent use of player deployment as well. And for me, I look at this game and I say this is a totally different animal in terms of the Titans' offense compared to the Panthers' offense. They've got the quicker McCaffrey as opposed to Henry. Right. Henry's a pounded guy, even though they use a lot of outside runs. He's still more of a pounded guy and a physical force. McCaffrey is more of a jukes guy. Right. You want to get him in space. Oh, they're completely different type of You want to throw him passes. Yeah. McCaffrey's in that mold of Kamara, uh, in a mold of Barkley, although Barkley showed a lot of power the other day. I, I don't want to take that away from him. But you know what I mean. Much more of a receiving threat than Henry would ever be. And the Giants had problems with their interior linebackers covering Hilliard last week out of the backfield. That was the one issue. You know, when Wink sat there last week and said, what do we have to do to limit the Titans? When you looked at the personnel he used and the scheme that they used, Russ, it was quite clear. He said, we're going to stop Henry running the ball because they went with the big front and Ward was a huge part of that. And then the other thing that he did, he said, we're not going to let our secondary get beat deep. The longest pass the Giants gave up, aside from Hilliard, the running back, isolated against the linebacker, was for 27 yards. They refused to let anybody beat them over the top. And, of course, the Giants beat them over the top when Shepard wound up with the 65-yard touchdown. And not not just... Huge play. Enormous play, and then he breaks the tackle. It's great. It it was just... um... So just remember that you, you, but that's the schematics and it's a different schematic this week. Now you need to worry about their ability to go deep and Baker's ability to make off schedule plays and throw it. You, you just mentioned something about, um, you know, Saquon showing the power that to me, you, you know, we were all excited to see him running in the 68 yard run and the two point conversion and all that. But what I liked that I was seeing and if there was ever a criticism of him, and maybe it was unfair criticism, and it it made him a little annoyed over the last couple of years when people saying maybe there's too much juking and jiving like behind a, a line of scrimmage trying to look for an opening, and he was using that power to plow straight ahead through people, and you were seeing that on Sunday. I his not only is he help well look. You know, the, the, the shin bones connected to the knee bone and blah, 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 blah. He's He just looks healthy. And because he's healthy, he's playing with confidence. He's a different guy. Yeah. He, he's a different guy. Yeah. He's back to what he was in his rookie season. As and, expected. Yeah. We, I've been saying this for months. And you know what? It, it goes to the old, what's the old adage? You can play hurt, but you can't play injured. Right. You, know, you, you know, you got to be able to deal with right. the pain. But if you're injured, you're injured. And for certain guys, it takes different times to come back. Some, it's longer than others. But, again, it's one game, but, man, he looks back. Two things about Barkley. Number one, for everybody who doesn't want him to dance or juke at all, guess what? 
If he doesn't juke those two unblocked defenders, he doesn't get in for the two-point conversion. No, it's, I, I'm not so to, he does have to do that sometimes. You know, it, 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 and to, he brought it out there. It, to me, it's not so much the juking and jiving uh, when you're out there. It's like behind a line of scrimmage. You, you know, those... You've got to know when to do it. Yeah. yeah the, and, and he used it there to his, yeah, yes, his effectiveness. It was great. You don't want to get stuck with... Um, no gains or lost yards. Okay. That's what you don't the want. The flip to side to that, though, Russ, is look at his runs. Even his dirty runs on the, the final game-winning drive. What did you see? You saw him get the ball, take a step or two into the line, and there was a crease there. And then he would lower his shoulder and muscle through or sometimes find extra air and make a longer run out of it. The point is... How many times did you see him hit in the backfield on Sunday before he got going? You didn't. No, you're right. Because this offensive line did a 5,000 miles better job than any of the offensive lines he's had to work with over the last three seasons. Well, we're also looking when at... When he was getting hit before he could even get to the line of scrimmage. We're looking at some building blocks on that offensive line. Damn straight, line. you are. Anyway, uh, folks, 201-939-4513 is the number. Before we take a call, a little bit of business to take care of here. Giant season tickets are on sale for the 2022 season. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seat starting at just $100. Call 888-NYG-1925. That's 888-NYG-1925. Or visit Giants.com forward slash tickets for more information. Again, 201-939-4513. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of that, like that, see that, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Open up the phone lines. Let's go down to Florida and check in with Paul. Hello, Paul. You're on with Russ and Paul. How you doing today? Uh, hey, guys. How's it going? Thanks for Hi. taking me. Uh, let me see. Uh, I just had a, a couple of things I wanted to bring up. Uh, if it was mentioned in the past couple of days and I missed it, I apologize. But um, there were two plays. I believe they were both third down. Uh, with the, uh, the Derrick Henry, the direct snap, and also the tight end. Uh, well, I guess it would have been like an end around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, first of all, kudos, you know, the Giants defense played both of those great, recognized what was going on. Um, and I know from the, uh, the offensive coordinator for Tennessee, you know, it's one of those, if it, if it works, then he's a genius. If it doesn't, then, uh, then he's a fool. Um, you know, and, uh, and they, they, you know, ended up not working. So, um, you know, Giants defense did great on those. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if the offensive coordinator sort of, uh, 
you know, outcoached himself a little bit and thought to, thought about it a little too hard rather than just running straight forward per yard. I, I'm going to help you out um, here a little bit. I did not think either one of those plays were good selections yeah, at all. Either they made I. no sense to me, and I said to myself, my God, they just gave the Giants a chance to stop them both times, and they did. I, I, I thought the thing Poor plays. The, the, uh, the Wildcat with uh, Henry, to me, made no sense. But, again, you know what? We can say it all the time. Uh, thank you for the call, Paul. Uh, when it works, hey, it's the same. Listen, we're all jumping for joy, uh, st- still reveling off of the two-point conversion. And I was glad. Be Once they did it, I didn't care. If the, I shouldn't say I didn't care. But if they didn't score, to me, it still would have been the right call, the gutsy call, and, and changing a complete attitude in the organization. But if he didn't get in, if Saquon didn't get in, they would have killed him. They would have killed him. Well, they would have. <laughs> but but there was there was a lot of logic in the call. This oh, is part 100%. of one of the reasons why earlier in the show I talked about how the Giants coaching staff outcoached the Titans. Because the logic and the rationale behind the way the Giants deployed their guys and called their plays made a hell of a lot more sense than what the Titans were doing. Yep, no. 201-394. What am I talking about? I'm giving another phone number. 201-939-4513. Oh, my old friend, our old friend, Paulie from Maryland. Len is on a line. Hello, Len. How you doing? Hey, guys. Hey, Pam. Hey, Len. Hey, Russ. Good to hear your voice, Good. Man. Good to hear your voice. Been, Paulie, how you do- been a long two years, but yeah, we're back. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean... His Honor, the Mayor, Russ Salzburg. You're the man, Russ. Hey, Paulie. Hey, Paulie, good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. Hey, listen, um, I, I haven't been able to say this uh, much in the last 20 years, uh, but um, you, you can't win them all unless you win the first one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great line. Good for you, Thanks, man. man. Thanks. Good. <laughs> no, no, you're you're yeah, right. Yeah, and I'm sure you... Uh, I'm sure you would agree that over the last 20 years, we haven't been able to say anything like that. Oh, but, boy. Well, hey, it's nice, the first time nice the team's over 500 since 2016. I mean, uh, it's it's unbelievable. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God, that hurts, Paulie. But, yeah, that's right. That's right. And uh, as you guys talked about at the top of the show, uh, Sunday will be it'll be a nice day. There's nothing like opening day, first of all. You coming? You coming up? Like a home opener, but uh, everybody's everybody's. Oh yeah, yeah. How you can't miss the home opener? Yeah, I but mean, absolutely. There, yeah, there's yeah, one. Yeah. There's one thing though, Len, about a home opener. There's another thing about a home opener when you have a, a new, you know, new coaching staff, new head coach. Uh, you have the team coming off a very exciting, thrilling victory in hostile territory over a team that was the number one seed in the AFC last season. So the fans, they really have something to be revved up. I, I, I think you're going to see a crowd at MetLife this weekend far more fired up than we've seen, well, what we were talking about, two, 2016. I, I can't remember. Len, you better lose your voice for at least four days after this game. Listen, and I think, uh, you know, I think uh, both the ride up the escalator to my seats and down the escalator after the game are going to be happy trips. Uh, Uh, From your mouth to God's ears, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Listen, let me me say one thing about Sunday's game, and I want to pat uh, Seagulls on the back. I would have waited to to catch uh, Jeff either tomorrow or Friday, but I wanted to say hello to uh, Salzburg. 
And uh, but but I want to I want to pat him I want to pat him on the back before the Titans game, Paul. I, I said to Jeff, "Hey, listen, the Titans were number two against the run in '21, and number 25 against the pass in '21. What do you think?" And Siegel said, "Run the ball." And I said, "You are you sure, Jeff? You want to do that?" And he said, "Yeah, let's run the ball." You know, I know this is old school, but I got two old school guys on the phone with me here. Um, you know, run the ball, stop the run, and make adjustments. Um, you know, by the coaching staff, is a is a pretty darn good formula. Yeah, but you know, you can win a lot of games that way. Len, you've been covering, you've been watching football for a long time, but you know what? It's a lot easier to run the ball when you have a running back who, who's an elite running back oh, yeah. who's healthy when he's oh, yeah. not injured. Oh, yeah. Big difference. Well, your line's oh, yeah. got to be functional, too. Yeah. Yeah. No, of Len, course. final thought for me, and then I'll let you finish up. Look, the game-winning drive, okay. it was all on the line. They knew they were probably not going to get the yeah. ball back. They go 12 plays, 73 yards, 9 of the 12 were runs. And then they yep. run in the two-point yep. conversion, really, with the little shuffle pass. Okay? Yeah. That's really a running play. Yeah. Okay? Let me tell you something. Yeah. That's football yeah. 101. It's old school. You want to go back to yeah. leather helmets in 1940? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I don't care. You know why? Listen. Because it wins. Yeah. It wins. Run the ball. Listen. Bludgeon the opponent. Beat, the, yeah. beat them at the line of scrimmage. I'm tired of people yeah. saying that you yeah. can't do Listen. that and win a game. Listen on 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 run defense also on run defense also terrific job well terrific job you know guys it, it reminded me reminded me back there you know when you're in grade school and you go down to the park and you play tackle football and the whole idea is find the ball jump on the guy's back and throw him on the ground yep and that's that's essentially what we did that's, that's what Ward did what to Henry did. I'll tell you that um, anyway Len thank you for the call yeah, buddy yeah. call us again please all right. Yes, absolutely. Hey, can I say one more thing? Go ahead. Go ahead. One more thing. Quick, 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 quick. I'm not going. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to predict the winner on Sunday. I just want to say this, and you'll get you'll get the idea who I think is going to win the game, and that is our best players. Our best players, guys, are better than their best players, and we're going to win this game on Sunday. We're going to win the game on Sunday. Hey, great talking to you guys. You too, hey, Len. Thank you. You, you. He said it anyway. You, yeah, yeah, you be well. You know, he was talking about the. You know what? Nobody's spent a lot of time. What, the the defense is getting a lot of kudos and, and deservedly so. But what was killing us so much the past few years? Not being able to get off the field on third downs. And what what they make this past week? Three of eleven third downs. Three of yeah, 11. But you know what, Russ? And I know Brian Dable had to be ticked off. Eight penalties, including three on that final drive. Oh, no, listen. It, That's it, not good. No, we're not. T- this was not perfect by, by not a, at all. A, any means. But you know what? It's a lot easier to come into the building it Monday is. to work on correcting things when it's coming off of a victory as opposed to a loss. But but really, third down efficiency, I'm just talking about that was, that. How many times were you and I sitting in a press box looking at each other? Can they please get off the field? Both sides of the ball. Offensively, they had a very bad day on third down. Yep, yep. And, and then on def- the defensive side, they had a really good day on third down. So both sides of the third down equation were impactful in this game. Yeah, we the, the Giants were 2 of 10 on third down efficiency. Not good. So, but see, no. they stayed out of 
a lot of third downs. Yes. Their yeah. first and second down plays were really good. Yeah. And that's part of Dable and Kafka. All right, let's go. Uh, let's take a little trip up to Vermont and uh, check in with Pete. Hello, Pete. You're on with Russ and Paul. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Uh, what's the word on Kayvon and a G's this week? We did not get to see practice. Folks, we're going to full disclosure here. When we do this show on Wednesday at 1230, that's when practice starts. So we're at a handicap because we don't have a window here. And we can't see anything as to what's going on at practice. They're having limited practice. They're limited today, but how much they're doing, what they're doing, I can't tell you that. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll know more later in the week. But I think there is some sense of optimism uh, on, on Thibodeau, apparently more than there is on Ojolari. That's the kind of vibe that I'm getting right now. I, I, I don't know, but I mean, re- really, no one, we're not trying to be elusive to you or vague about it, Pete. It's just that's... Before we left, before we got on the air, I should say, he was reading off, when I say he, Dave's, was reading off, limited. That's what it was, limited. So uh, right now, just keep your fingers crossed, and let's hope that it's sooner rather than later. Thanks for the call, Pete. All right, again, 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's take care of, well, you know what, let's go to, uh, let's go down to Hotlanta and check in with LaVon. Hello, LaVon. How you doing today? I'm good, Russ. Hey, hey, Paul, what's going on? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I want to say two quick things. First thing is I think I saw just now that Robinson is going to miss the game because yeah. of his appendix. Yep. Yeah. We, we, Paul oh, was man. just talking about that. We were talking about okay, it when we opened the show. I missed the first couple that, of minutes of the that, show. All right. But moving on, uh, my main point, what I wanted to just to highlight, um, a lot of people haven't talked about it, at least I don't think they've talked about it, is of two years ago, we played Pittsburgh in either the season opener or game number two. And Andrew Thomas went up against Bud Dupree and T.J. Watt in that game, and yeah. he looked like a rookie. Yeah. And we overreacted, and he was beat. His technique was bad. And Andrew Thomas, two years later, went up against Bud Dupree in this game and gave up one pressure. Yep. And pretty much locked him out. And I thought that that was key, and it is encouraging to see. And he's one of my favorite Giants, and I loved I loved watching him. I watched a couple of highlights, and people highlighted what he was doing. And I just wanted to come on and give him credit. The credit is due. He's worked hard, and I look forward to watching him dominate going forward. And that's all I got. I appreciate the sentiments. Yeah, you you know what, Levon? Um, let me say something about Andrew Thomas. Here's a guy. Uh, he doesn't, uh, Joe Shane had said this to me. He doesn't, he's not one of those loud, uh, you know, vocal, vocal guys, but he's a big man, uh, a very dignified man, if, if that's the proper word. Prideful. Very prideful, takes pride in what he does, takes pride in who he is. And there's a reason he was voted, a young guy is voted as one of the captains mm-hmm. uh, for that very reason. So he's really emerging as someone special. And, and I should add, I watched the Panthers tape last night. Iki Aquanu looked like what Andrew Thomas did in his first game against Pittsburgh when they played the Browns on Sunday. He gave up two sacks to Miles Garrett, where Garrett was quick off the snap, got on the edge, and Iquano just had no chance. Now, you guys know, Iquano was my favorite offensive lineman 
in this past draft. And I'm not going to back down from that. I think he's going to be awesome for a decade. But in his first game, he had trouble with the speed off the snap. The get-off was critical against him. And the other thing was, just like Andrew Thomas, because of perhaps a lack of confidence or doubt because he's making the step up to the NFL, he was setting too much worrying about the inside. And when he did that, Garrett just ran around him to the outside and, and got to his quarterback. He was definitely setting incorrectly, and you could see how tentative he was. It's exactly what Andrew Thomas went through the first six or seven games of his career. And so I think the Giants need to take advantage of that. Before Iquanu gets on track, they need to make sure that they get off and attack him on Sunday. Do you remember, Paul, um, I believe it was last season. I'm pretty sure it was last season. The, the first preseason game was against the Patriots here. Okay. And I'll never forget it. It was either on the first or second play. The first or second play from scrimmage that somebody went right around um, right around Thomas mm-hmm. and sacked the quarterback. I, I, I I don't know if it was. I don't remember. I, I don't. I don't was. know if it was Daniel Watt, but sacked the quarterback and everybody. You could hear it, the naysayers in the press box, throwing their hands up. Oh my God! Look at this. This is how it's getting going. You know what? You know it. It's like w- w- when Dable would say to people that they don't want to hear it. It's like that's what practice is for. Mm-hmm. That's what preseason is for. When when I'm, I would. Standing on a sideline every day during training camp, and I'm watching people texting out this play, that play, this happened. This guy threw an interception. This guy dropped the ball. This guy overthrew this guy. That's why it's practice. Yeah, that yeah. that you get to where we are, where we're talking about Andrew Thomas because of the improvement. That's. What we're talking about. There's also a reason that they call rookies rookies. Yeah, there's a reason for it. Because early in their rookie season, they'll make a lot more painful mistakes than they will at the end of the season when after 15 games, they're not really rookies anymore. You know, the stars in college football, it's a big difference. Big difference once you get to the pros at all positions. So that's my message. Attack a Kwanu now before he gets good. Good idea. 201. Uh, 939-4513. That's 201-939-4513. Oh, let's uh, take a trip to Delaware. Speak with another old friend, Paul. Coach Marvin. Hey, Coach, how you doing? I'm doing good, Russ. Welcome back home. I haven't heard from you. Thank you, my friend. That COVID shut a lot of people out, so I'm back where I belong. Oh, that's good. It's good to have you back and uh, working with my main man there, uh, Paul. How you doing and, there, Marvin? Uh, good to hear you. I'm you doing too. good. I'm, I'm doing so glad good. you called. I, oh, you are? <laughs> always. I, I always. Call, I, I wanted to call Monday after the game because that's usually like a coach's moment at that time on Monday, but I couldn't get to you on Monday. Um, but I, it was a few things I just want to go over real quick. Um, they, they did look good. Um, the first half wasn't what I expected. I, um, you could see a little bit of an improvement in adjustments made in the second quarter of that game as they were playing. Um, but there were some things I did like um, about what happened with the team. And Barkley definitely was number one on that. Not only he ran with attitude, but he played with an edge. If you remember the two-point conversion, mm-hmm. look how he acted after that two-point conversion. 
and um, he he really wanted that win. And he played, and, and I don't know if you noticed, after he scored, he actually got in the face of one of the Titans. I really never see him do that um, at all. But he was really emotional in that game. NFC um, Offensive Sunday. Player of the Week. Yes, uh, that's right. I'm glad you brought yeah. that up. Yeah. Uh, uh, NFC yeah. Offensive Player of the Week. But we had mentioned it. I don't know if you were listening, Coach. It wasn't even. It wasn't just. Um, it wasn't just Saquon. But after that, did you see Saquon in particular? Saquon and uh, Sterling Shepard both fired up screaming when they approached yeah. the coach table and he took each one around. And I, I mean, it, right. was, it was a very good moment. And, and you could see, uh, I mentioned it earlier. This was not about contracts. This was not about anything. Right. This was about competing. And you know what? Coach Marvin, I remember a couple of years ago, we would talk about it with myself, you and Paul here. When people would say, not you, but people would say, well, you know, the fans, fans suffering this. And, and I always say this, no one suffers. Nobody hates losing more than the players <laughs> and the coaching staff. And you know yeah. what? When you saw Saquon and you saw Sterling, you knew there were a lot of losses being washed out. There was a lot of demons being lifted with that two-point conversion and the victory. Right. It- and, and and I remember that conversation when people was talking yeah. like this, the coaches. Uh, and, and and as a coach, it, it just spoils your whole week. It, when you lose, people don't understand how long that lasts. That lasts until you get on the field the following week. It bugs you the whole week. Coach, so the pasta the tastes like cardboard. <laughs> it does. After, yeah, the, but, after you lose, the pasta tastes like cardboard. It's horrible. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, and, and that's the difference between winning and, and, and losing and winning. And, that, and that's what I'm hoping they, uh, that, that happens this week is with me, I would be happy with the win. I would have been doing the same thing um, they were doing, jumping up in the locker room, happy that we pulled it off. I tell them to enjoy it today. I will enjoy it on Monday because they're not going to work on Monday. But they're going to get a different coach on, on Tuesday mm-hmm. because I'm going to bring them back into reality because I'm going to let them know because I can't let – you don't want to knock them down and you don't want to push them up. You just want to level them off each week because each game is going to bring different emotions. That's so what, what I want to do is I want to level them off and I'm going to let them know there were some things that happened in that game that helped us win. Now they they kicked that they kicked that field goal and they missed. But I'm going to make sure my guys know that 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 takes a little luck. Sometimes in a game there are luck that happens in a game at times that help you win, and it can go the other way to help you lose. So don't just don't just don't push out our chest like we won something. And I noticed that um, the coach said that. Um, they're his press conference. It's one game. Oh, he said it. He, he, but it's it, one game. Coach Marvin, he said it. Coach Stable said it again today. He's emphasized it. You know, he, he, he says, listen, it's a lot easier to come in, you know, and to correct things when you're coming off a victory as opposed to coming off a loss. Yeah. It's just, you know, everybody's attention. Let me ask you a question, and I, I could ask you this more so than other callers because you're a coach. As a coach, when you see – I got to make a decision. I'm the coach. I'm I'm Brian Dable. I got to make this decision. Am I going for two or am I going for one? What am I doing here? Am I going to play it safe to tie or am I going to roll the dice, say, screw it, I'm going for all the marbles? As a coach, what's going through your system 
when you have to make that decision? Well, the, the reason I would make the decision because of how the game was playing out the whole time. Because you got to, you got to, again, you got to remember, they went right down the field. After 12 we made plays, 73 yards. Right. That's it. That's right. So say, say we kicked the extra point and they're going to go down. If he kicks it, he, he misses it like he did. They don't lose. They go to go into overtime. I, so exactly. you got to look at it. I don't want to give them that opportunity. If I feel I can stop them, if I'm feeling that, hey, these guys can't do nothing against us, we just got to make plays, then I can kick that extra point and take the tie and figure I'm, I'm, I know I'm going to win in overtime. Yeah. I don't care if I lose the toss. Yeah, but, I'm going to win in overtime. But, but, you know but what? if I feel they're a threat, I got to take care of them at that moment. At mm-hmm. the, what, the two, three-yard line? I got to do it right now. We got to finish them off. You, you know, Coach, uh, and, and Paul, I'm sure you'll agree with this. When people don't necessarily you, – you've touched on it here – you know, if, if they go for one and uh, they tie the game and then the Titans are going back the other way, let me tell you, being down one is a lot different than being even. They're not playing yeah. with as much pressure. We, we go, okay, so, sure. f- so if we don't score, we don't score, so we'll go into overtime. That could be in the Titans' mind. But we're down one. Oh, so they got to gamble. They got to do this. They got to do It's a completely yeah. different mentality. That's the pressure you put on them by making a point as well. Coach Marvin, before you go, though, I need to ask you another question, and that is how much does it help the relationship of Dable and his key bell cow, Saquon Barkley, that that call, they knew that call was going to Barkley, and it was going to be up to him to get that ball in the end zone. The confidence and the trust that he showed in Barkley to make that play, to me, goes a long way into helping Barkley continue to ball out for him. Sure. Yeah, and that's going to go because uh, Barkley already um, knows that he's a talented guy, but you make him feel that I believe in you, my man. I'm I'm riding with you. I'm not going to sit back and just say and and second-guess you or anything. I'm riding with you, and I'm going to give you the ball. It's up to you to take it from that point. But I'm giving it. I'm going to feed you the ball. But it's something that goes through the whole team. You don't even have to be on the field, and you can feel that coming from the coaches. Because I always believe, once I say something and it comes true on the field, guess what? You got that team for life. All they need to see is that you're right one or two times. Spoken like a true coach. For life. Thanks, Coach Marvin. So, all right. Give guys. us a call Good next week, buddy. Again, bro. All right. All right. Later be well. Be, be well. Be well. 201-939-4513. Let's uh, take care of a little business. Don't miss your chance, folks, to experience a premier hospitality experience watching Giants games and world-class concerts in 2022 as a Giants suite partner. Limited full-season locations available or place a deposit for individual games. Call 888 888- NYG 1925, that's 888-NYG-1925, or visit Giants.com forward slash suites for more information. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it off? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, 
But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you know, Coach Moore is a good guy, good dude. Oh, he's awesome. You, you know, and, he's and, on and, the Mount and, Rushmore of, yeah. this, of this show. Yeah, There's yeah, no yeah, doubt yeah. about it. He, he, he's a good one. Let's go to uh, somewhere here in New Jersey and check in with Dr. Dan. Dr. Dan, you're on with Russ and Paul. How you doing? Hey, Russell, Paul, this is an honor. Wow, I'm in like this legendary giant bringing <laughs> me back to my old days. Listen, uh, you guys, a great show. I love it. I, I wanted to, you know, the first half was very shaky. But, you know, uh, Paul, and you, you guys know, last year we would blow games in the last two minutes of the game. I thought our defense really hung in tight. When I saw Tate Crowder basically body slam Henry, and I saw our defensive line beefed up and taking on the blocks and filling those gaps. And then when Henry would – he got his yards, but those were tough yards, and they put some licks on him, which I thought was, was really good. He got that one 15 or 18 yard. He got a couple five yards here and there. But um, I thought our defense kept us in the game in the first half. The other thing is the veterans on the offensive line did a great job of probably picking up that rookie saying, hey, listen, hang in there. And they got hat on hat, and Barkley made great north and south decisions. And I think that was the difference in the game. And then Daniel Jones, let's give him credit. Okay, poor throw in the end zone there. It happens. But when Shepard was open, he hit him. Barkley, he, he did, you know. And I also, do you notice a play calling went from, like, vanilla to pistachio? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, no. I hadn't heard it that way before. All right. I like that. Go yeah, ahead. I, I, I thought no, you were yeah, going to say maybe Tartufo or something, but that's okay, yeah, pistachio. Yeah, and the pasta was just a little more spicy, right? There, there you, you go. Know, oh, man. Some red pepper. Now yeah. you're talking my right. language, baby. Exactly. And the other thing is, I came into the office, and the patients were like, Dr. Dan, why are you so happy? I said, the Giants won. That's why I'm happy. <laughs> we just said the Yankees. The Yankees won, too. Yeah, I, I practice here in West New York, New Jersey, over here. Happy Family doctor means a happy medicine. patient. I'll tell you that yeah. every time. But exactly, exactly. I, I wouldn't want to come in and get an exam from you on a Monday morning the past few years. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no. You, you know, Big Blue kick, Kickoff Live keeps me sane. It's like my therapy, you know. Well, Good stuff. Keep, keep calling us, Doc. All right, have a great day. I'll talk to you later. Thank you, you so much. Be well. You know, how, how about also showing confidence when, you know, everybody was expecting Saquon uh, to get a ball and they had uh, the play called in. To for, Myrick for the touchdown. No, no, on that, what was it, fourth and one? The, the, oh, uh, the, the naked, naked boot. bootleg. Hey. Great fake by Jones. Tremendous fake. Because you know what? I thought that's exactly where you're 100% right. Excellent job People by Daniel. People have, haven't spoken about that. You know, that also showed me a lot, and, and I'm sure it showed the organization a lot. After that interception, you know, I would say not a good interception. No interception is a good one. But, you know, bad play, bad pass. Terrible, terrible play in, in every respect. 
Terrible. Put it behind them, come right back downfield. Mm-hmm. That is important. That There's no sulking. There's no woe is me. There's no, like, he's not hanging his head. He never does. He never does. That was very, very now, important. In regards to the left guard, Joshua Zudu, very happy for him, obviously. He's big. He's strong. He's athletic. He's really, really good in the run game. But his pass protection, we knew coming out that he was a bit raw coming out of North Carolina. And it showed. Jeffrey Simmons is an outstanding defensive lineman, a pro bowler last season. And he gave Azudu trouble. I mean, my goodness, he blew right by him on the strip sack. There's there's no way to hide that. And he was having a lot of difficulty with Simmons early in that game. And that's one of the reasons why the Giants changed out and went to Bredesen and gave Simmons a change-up to look at while also giving the rookie a chance to come out to the sidelines, settle down, take a breath, watch what's going on, let the veteran Bredesen go in there for a few snaps for a series or two, and then we'll get you back out there. Now, why is that important? It's important because this is how a coach doesn't lose a rookie. The rookie made mistakes early in the game, Russ. And then what happened? When the game was on the line in the fourth quarter, who was playing left guard? Izuda was playing left guard. And they ran the ball and ran the ball and ran the ball, and he helped pave the way for Barkley. But isn't it true, Paul? And, and look, we saw a lot of that during training camp. I mean, we, we don't really see that much during practice these days because we're on, you know, you know you, you, it's for a cup of coffee, mm-hmm. what, what, the, what the media gets to see. But, you know, the fans don't get to see what the coaches get to see in practice every day. They see the improvement as you were just talking mm-hmm. about, and they see an improvement in a young man. Okay, make some mistakes, but, you know, I believe this guy can do it. So they get him back in there, and that's what happens. You, 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 listen, I don't care if you're five years old, if you're playing Pop Warner, if you're playing peewee football, if you're playing middle school, high school, Sandlot, college, or the pros. A player, every player likes to be coached. And he likes, you know, not to have his butt kissed, but likes to, you know, to be corrected, but also the positive reinforcement. And that's what Dable is doing with this Giants team right now. And one final thought about that game before we move on to the callers again. Let's not forget, Kafka and Dable have a reputation for being nouveau offensive minds who really want to get creative and get fancy and all that other stuff. And we've been talking about it for months. And I praise them. I do. I praise them for their creativity. But at the same time, when push came to shove and the game was on the line, they pounded the football. They understood that old school football can still win in this league. They trusted Barkley. They trusted their offensive line. And they pounded their way against the big bad bully Tennessee Titans and took it to him at the line of scrimmage and went all the way down the field to take the lead in the final moments. That is a big deal. That shows me that Kafka and Dable are smart enough, intelligent enough, and brave enough to say there's nothing wrong with old school football. If that's what the situation calls for, they're going to go there because they know that can win the game. Boy, did you see uh, Dave's Monday after, uh, you know, on our Zoom call, 
his eyes were closed uh, on the Zoom. He, he, you know, listen, big win, emotional win, uh, you know, get in late. <laughs> I don't think he had uh, a minute's snooze, no. No. nothing. No. But, but I mean, uh, no, he gets after it. And they all do. They, they, they all do. But he's got a situation working. And that's why I called it a cult at the beginning of the show, folks. I called it a culture changing win for the organization. Now, you go ahead and lose four in a row after that, then the culture starts going south. But it, it was just, he sent the message. He, and, and this is a message for all you fans out there because for while everybody wants to pat uh, Ryan Dable on the back, and you notice Paul as well as anybody. He had the uh, courage of his convictions to go for the two points. Had it not worked, the media killed him. And you know what? A lot of the fans would have done the same thing. Mm -hmm. What the hell is he doing? Why, why don't you play it safe, this and that? That's. But you know what? That's what it's like to be a fan or even a member of the media. But the coach is on the firing line, and he showed he had the guts to make that decision. To me, it didn't matter. Uh, I had made, as soon as I saw them going for it, I said, I don't want to say I don't care if they don't score, but to me, he, he just sent the message to his team. I believe in you guys. I believe in myself. I believe in the coaching staff. Let's get this bleeping thing done. Yeah, the shame of it is, Ross, there would have been value with his team and his locker room if they had failed the failure would not have gone in the win column. So from oh, the cool. NFL's from the NFL's perspective, it would have been, okay, whatever, it doesn't count, it doesn't do you any good. It, but there would have been value inside this building, even if they had failed. That, uh, that 100%. 201, 939-4513, uh, 201-939-4513. Got a few minutes left. Let's go down to Austin, who's been waiting patient, patiently on the phone down in Florida. Hello, Austin. How you doing today? Good. How you guys doing? Good. Hi. Awesome. Thanks again for taking my call. Um, I, I kind of wanted to discuss uh, wide receivers and um, almost piggyback off of what you guys were just talking about, about that old school um, smash mouth football. Um, I wanted to know how much do you think um, it's going into the game plan, um, how much these receivers can block. I mean, obviously they all have different skill sets, but they're all playmakers at the end of the day. But I really think what determines how much playing time they get is, you know, are they putting themselves on a body every time? We especially saw in the end of the game um, when they were doing those shuffle motions inside and having the receiver almost have like a lead block. Yeah. Um, you know, Shepard's really to, uh, good at it. Sh He's a small guy, but he blocks big. Uh, no, I, and let me tell you, that's an example of, of a, it's a good point you bring up, Austin. That's an example of you don't have to be a massive size tight end to block. It, you know, blocking skills on receivers, it's like, you know, people don't want, you want your receiver to make the catch. You want him to, to get open uh, and to bust it open. And of course that makes sense, but when you're not doing that, you need to block. And believe me, the coaches know who can block and who can't block. And as, it, as Paul just said, Sterling Shepard is one of those guys who can block. And he's been that way since he's come into the league. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, you know, I mean, not only does it bring optimism that, you know, the new era knows what they're doing. Um, but I think everyone's getting in a frenzy about Kadarius Tony, you know, not getting too much play time. But I think really they were just trying to establish the run in the first half 
you know, and get a little bit more of those blocking receivers in. And then towards the end, they wanted to air it out a little bit, and he got in there, and they, you know, ran that that little trick play, you know. But I just wanted to. No, no. Look, look. Here's the thing. We've tried to explain this to you at least for months, and and maybe maybe even more so last week. Different combinations of players are going to be used in different ways each and every week. And that may mean, like last week, Sterling Shepard caught the big touchdown pass that was explosive and on all the highlight shows. This week coming up, maybe it's one of the other receivers. And the next week after that, it might be a different receiver. That's the way this team's going to work. Russ, they're going to go week to week. And this coaching staff is going to be very detailed in how they game plan things for the matchup. Did so, any hey, you know did if anybody, you're a fantasy player, you don't want the Giants receivers because you're not going to get one guy to put you over the top every week. It's did, not going to happen. Did anybody figure that Richie James was going to be uh, a star wide receiver for the Giants? Let this the team in catches. And, and you know That's what? You, exactly you, my point. You, Austin, you bring up Kadarius. Listen, uh, as Coach says, uh, Dable says. You know, it depends what's going on in practice. Guys have to earn it in this and that. But it's not like Kadarius was forgotten about. You know, how about he was ready to throw a bomb? You know, it didn't work out. Sills was open, too. Uh, yeah. But you know what? He turned. Listen. When well, the Kad- pressure got. Yeah, the pressure was, was there, and he made the smart move. And, and how. Get away and run. And how about. Not too many guys could, could have turned that loss into what was like Absolutely. a four-yard gain, five-yard gain. So, you know, and then on the run, when he touches the ball, you don't have to be a genius to say, wow, this guy is riveting. This guy is really exciting. So overall, I think I think it's great because it shows that this coach knows how to put his guys in the right position to be successful. You know what I mean? And- Maximizing usage of the depth chart. That's the best way I can describe it. He will so I get think the future looks bright. Yeah, he will get maximum value out of each of these guys' specific skills in certain matchups, and that's what's so beautiful about this coaching staff. You know that uh, Austin. That goes kind of in line to what Bill Parcells and Paul. You've heard him say this to us uh, numerous times. It, it kind of goes in line to what we're talking about here. Best guys play. And that doesn't mean you're the best player, but the best guys play. What is the, what's the circumstance? What's the situation? Who, who's best fitted for this? Who's best fitted for that? Best guys play. And that's the way it should be. You know, in the end, yeah, you, you know, it's the big draft choice, the big money guys. Best guys got to play. I mean, who would have said we're going to be talking about Richie James? Right, right. I mean, really, who who thought we were going to be talking about Richie James at all in that game? I know. Thanks, Austin. Appreciate it. Richie James did a really great job on punt returns, too. Yeah. He did a sensational job. And by the way, with Rondell Robinson now nursing a sore knee, we just don't know what his status is. That may clear the way for Darius Slayton to be activated on Sunday. And, you know, he could just as well wind up being the star against the Panthers. That's the way it's going to go all season, Russ. The reason he wasn't activated this past Sunday, basically, to be frank with you, he doesn't give you anything on special teams. No. He doesn't. And that, that, quite frankly, that was one of the reasons people like you and me were kind of like, because we like Darius. We were kind of like wondering, we do. is he going to be able to uh, stick around? Because that's a factor. You, you know, his ability on special be. teams. It has to be. You know, but again, now if Robinson's down, he becomes a healthy scratch. Chances are Slayton probably comes up. 
and it just means somebody else will have to pick up the slack on special teams. McLeod, again, had a really great day. He was the interior uh, inside the building special teams player of the week. Now he's got a hammy. Um, don't know about him this week. So somebody's going to have to step up. I, you know who I really like? I really like Gary Brightwell. Good player. Yeah, he, he, he's a good player. And I'll tell you what, I remember, and I had a conversation with Joe Judge after he was fired mm -hmm. last year, and he told me, he said, watch Gary Brightwell. He's going to be a good player for this Giants for a while, for this Giants. He may be that guy who has to go on the opposite gunner of Brita this week. Yeah. That could happen. That yeah. could happen. Very, uh, very interesting. But listen. What's going to be fun this week, we're going into a building that's going to be revved up, fired up, big blue pom-poms, great atmosphere. And then, from, <laughs> let's say the Giants win the game. Let's, no, no, no. No, no, no. no, let, no, no. Let, don't, let, don't do this, Ross. Let's say the Giants no, win the game. Don't then, do it. Then you know what's going to happen? Next Wednesday when we're here, everybody's going to have out the schedules and this and that, and they're going to figure out winning this team and this team and this team. Hey, it's one win, but it was a terrific victory. Again, I call it a culture-changing victory for the organization. It gives everybody a reason to feel good and to feel optimistic. Yes, it's one game, but you know what? I'd rather have that one game be in a victory as opposed to a loss. Paulie, always a pleasure here, my friend. Good to see you again, Russ. Folks, again, the number is always on here, Big Blue Kickoff. Uh, Big Blue Kickoff Live, I should say, on Giants.com and the Giants app, 201-939-4513. We will see you next week. Have a good one. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.